You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This, of course, is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 415 of this podcast. Today is June 22nd, 2022. And today we are going to talk about contemporary Christian music these days. This episode is brought to you by the letter L. L stands for Lauren. Lauren is my wife. Lauren Elizabeth Mullet, maiden name Duff, she requested that I go through and give a treatment to some of what is contemporary Christian music these days. And so I did a little thought exercise, a little search engine exercise, if you will. And knowing that Billboard keeps track of what the most popular music is, I did a little Google search for Billboard Christian Top Songs, and I was just curious, what are the most popular contemporary Christian music tracks these days? I don't typically listen to the radio as a rule. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts, and occasionally I'll turn on old contemporary Christian music I guess it's not contemporary anymore if it was popular 20 years ago, but I will occasionally listen to music that was popular uh, in the Christian circles that I ran in 15 to 20 years ago. I will occasionally turn that music back on, but I don't really listen to what is popular and trending these days. So I had to look it up, honestly. I had to look it up, and one of the top results that I came up with Besides Billboard.com, because that would have been the preferred option, I would have gone just straight to Billboard, except they want me to sign up for something, and I don't really want to sign up and give them my email address or create an account or have one more password that could get compromised. Then I get an email alert from LastPass telling me that my password has been found in some leak online from hackers trying to sell my private information to whoever. So I clicked on that, but it took me nowhere. It was a bridge to nowhere and it gave me nothing in return. I scrolled down a little ways and then I saw there was a result from K-Love and it was the first result from K-Love. And since I talk occasionally about K-Love on this podcast and how much I used to listen to them, but kind of now don't really think super highly of their tagline, positive and encouraging. I don't think we need to be positive all the time. I don't think we need to be encouraging all the time. Strictly speaking, I've had some bad experiences that have taught me that when we expect to only ever be encouraged, we do not get to read the whole counsel of God or apply it to our lives, either individually or corporately as the church. So since I 
have a little bit of a bias against Kalev anymore, I thought, well, I'll just click on that. And I didn't even notice the date of the article, but it happens to be Sunday, May 30th, 2021 by Kalev staff. This is from Kalev.com. It is the Billboard chart toppers Christian songs. So this is the top 20 Christian songs according to Billboard Christian music charts in 2020, they say. These 20 popularly played songs will make you cry, dance, and deliver hope to all walks of life. And I quote, featuring new music from some of Caleb's most loved artists like Carrie Job, Corey Asbury, Zach Williams, and We the Kingdom. There's surely a song here for each and every one of you. Now, they don't necessarily know who all is clicking through, but they assume, I guess, that we're all Christians. And so I want to do what my wife suggested. I think it's a great idea, and it could be interesting. I've already done some of the work. I will not get through all 20 of these tracks because, let's just be honest, that's a lot, and I don't have that kind of time. But I got through, mm, let's see, how many did I get through? It looks like nine. I got through nine. Not all of... Every one of those nine, some of them I stopped short. Uh, I stopped listening to all of any of these songs once I got to number five. I got through the first five, and klove.com helpfully included the music videos because, of course, you need to get the full experience. That means audio and visual, yes, uh, once we have the sense sensors and uh, outputs on our computers and iPods and TVs and whatnot, uh, then we will also get to smell, I guess. Uh, we will also get to smell what it would be like to be at the concert. Uh, I'm sure they will bottle up the scent. They will take samples from all over the room, and then they will help you to feel like you are actually at the concert by helping you to smell like what um, everybody at that concert smelled like, or everybody at that photo shoot or that video, uh, music video shoot smelled like. But in the meantime, uh, we can only rely on two senses. Unfortunately, I know it's, it's very sad, only audio and visual still because we live in the stone age. Uh, but so far as I was able to, I experienced the fullness of, um, <clears throat> The blessing, I guess, that it is. The uh, crying <laughs> uh, that was advertised. These tw- <laughs> these twenty popularly played songs will make you cry. It just about did. Uh, dance, not so much. Uh, my dad was raised Mennonite, and so we don't dance. Uh, deliver hope. I hope. I hope that. We have more to go on than what proves popular as of a year ago, according to Billboard Christian Music Charts. Uh, but I made it through the first five. I, I feel like I was doing pretty well. And just I'll, I'll read through them. I'll read through them first, the full list of 20. And again, it should be noted, it's been a good 15, 20 years since I really listened to contemporary Christian music that was modern and up-to-date And uh, yes, the scriptures do say, sing to the Lord a new song. And so I'm for that. I'm for us singing to the Lord a new song. Uh, I just happen to think that the new songs, 
should be substantive and they should be doctrinally sound and they should have more to go on than just our uh, mantras about what kind of self-talk we're engaging in. I think they should have more to go on than self-esteem and how we want to feel about ourselves. And I think they should have more to go on than just uh, throwing out blessings, like the strongest worded possible blessings from Old Testament and New to everyone, like this is a holiday parade in a small town and we are throwing candy to the kids. I don't think that it is necessarily wise, nor necessary, nor prudent, nor necessarily godly to be giving out blessings indiscriminately, regardless of where people are at spiritually, where they're at with regards to the Lord. I don't think that that follows. I don't think that there's a biblical precedent for that. Look at the context, right? You don't just get to name and claim some random verse in the Bible. And if you do open to a random verse of the Bible to try and name and claim it, you might just end up on that one where Judas is hanging himself in a field because he couldn't return the 30 pieces of silver that he was paid to sell out his Lord and Savior. Uh, So just be careful. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm trying to say is be careful uh, just naming and claiming passages out of all context because you might end up with one that uh, is not so good, that is not so good for you. And also too, by the way, it is important to note that when when very great blessings are proclaimed to men and women in the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, it is not indiscriminately. It is special because it is not just everybody and anybody, irregardless of their relationship with the Lord, their having a contrite heart and a broken heart and a contrite spirit and a broken spirit. You know, it's not just anybody and everybody. That's an important thing to know. But I don't know if I digress so much as we'll move on. Number one, the top song on Billboard's Christian music charts in 2020, according to klove.com, was a certain ditty by Lauren Daigle called You Say. And they have this written up about it. By far the most well-known Christian ballad that's come out of the industry in the last 15 years. Well, that's about as long as I have not been listening. So that's interesting. And staying at number one on the Billboard's Hot Christian Songs for over two years, Lauren Daigle's You Say has not only touched the hearts of thousands, but has provided those in need of a powerful message, a sense of identity and strength to move forward. Uh, That's not grammatically correct. What is this? Has not only touched the hearts of thousands, but has provided those in need of a powerful message, a sense of identity and strength to move forward. Oh, that is okay. That's correct. All right. I was was expecting more and I was thinking like, "Eh, there's something missing here. Something, something missing here. What is it? Um, but apparently that's all they wrote. Okay, never mind. Never mind. That's all they wrote. That's all they intended to write. Fair enough. Um, I'm not going to play a clip for you, but what we will do is we will read through some of the lyrics, and it would be interesting uh, to get your take. If you're familiar with the song, you say, it would be interesting for you, I think, this is why we're doing it, to hear what the lyrics sound like without 
Lauren Daigle's beautiful voice. And she does. She has a beautiful voice. I really, really like her voice. And she may be a very, very sweet person. Uh, I don't mean to say anything untoward against her, towards her at, at all, at all, at all, at all. Uh, I'm sure she's a lovely person. Also, I learned this from the music video for You Say. Uh, Lauren Daigle, if you're listening, you have an adorable belly button, but I don't know that we all needed to see it. I just, just saying, I, I help on occasion lead praise and worship at our church and never have I ever worn a belly shirt while singing songs about our Lord and Savior and uh, nor do I expect to, but you did here in this music video. And I know that that was a decision that somebody made that they thought that that was a great idea. Maybe that's just what you wear all the time. I'm not your dad. Obviously you're probably my age. Um, but I guess since you allowed us all to see your belly button, um, I don't know what to say except it's adorable. So thanks for that. But let's read the lyrics, shall we? Let's read the lyrics for You Say by Lauren Daigle. And let's talk about what's being communicated here and just think about it a little bit, shall we? I keep finding voices in my head that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and low? Remind me once again just who I am. Because I need to know. Oh, oh. And I quote. Okay, so for starters, Lauren Daigle, you are hearing voices in your head saying you're not enough. And my question for you would be, not enough for what? Not enough for what? Is this written primarily, as I suspect, to young women in our culture who feel like they've got body image problems and they don't feel like they will be accepted or affirmed or liked or welcome or treated with any kind of pleasantness at all socially uh, if they don't wear belly shirts and off-the-shoulder shirts and hipster jewelry and scarves tied around their wrists. Like, who, who is this written to? I mean, I guess this is written for you. Like, you're just saying, like, this is how you feel. Um, but I like that would be my question. Just some constructive feedback. Not enough for what? Right? Like, what are you hearing in your head that you're not enough for? Because depending on what the answer to that question is, the voices in your head saying you're not enough may be correct. Right? Like, that's kind of core and central to Christianity. For instance, if the voices in your head are saying you're not good enough to make it on your own merit only royalty inherits the kingdom of heaven. And that's the system. Good intentions can't help. Your courage isn't good here. So don't try to excel to quote John Rubin from back in the day when I used to listen to Christian music as a matter of course. But again, depending on what the answer is here to your question of not enough for what, like what, what is the meaning of this? All I'm getting is that you feel like you're, um, insufficient. You're feeling insecure, right? Like that's, that's what I'm reading. You're feeling insecure and that you don't measure up you don't measure up to what? Like there again, like there's kind of, there's a missing half of the statement, right? Like not enough for what measure up to what 
but you don't say, and I'm wondering why. Like, why don't you say what you're not enough for and measuring up to? Um, she continues, am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again, just who I am because I need to know. So that's good, right? Like that's good. That's good. And I can affirm that and I can agree with that because I assume you're talking to God. And I feel like that's a well-founded assumption based on uh, reading down and listening down through the song where you know, later on you'll say, taking all I have, and now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God. You have every victory. Oh, oh. All right. So, so this whole song, if you're singing this to God and you're asking God to remind you again, just who you are, because you need to know, well, that's good, right? Like make sure you're listening when he says who you are and what to do about your feelings of insecurity. Make sure you're listening. And by listening, I mean, read his word and ask God for wisdom, like James talks about in the New Testament. But so far, like I can see, depending on how we define our terms and how we finish, how we finish our sentences, uh, I can see this potentially being okay so far. Uh, continuing on, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short, and when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours, and I believe, oh, I believe, what you say of me, I believe. Okay, but a question, a question, Miss um, Daigle, I assume it's Miss, Miss Daigle, what's this about you say I am strong when I think I am weak, right? Like, where does, where does God say that? Actually, what I read is that when Paul asks God to remove the thorn in the flesh, God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is shown perfectly in weakness. So it, God's strong, like that would be correct, but maybe you are weak. Actually, you're feeling weak because you actually are weak, in which case, why kick against that? And if you're hearing voices in your head generally, like what is God's word saying? I'm reminded here by my wife recently uh, as of the past hour, actually, that Lauren Daigle, my wife's name is Lauren also, so not to confuse everybody, Lauren Daigle, Miss Daigle, you showed up on Alan DeGeneres' show in recent years, and there was a big hubbub about it, and maybe that was unfair to you, I don't know, but you were asked what you believe about homosexuality. Like, what do you believe about homosexuality? Is it wrong? Is it a sin? Is it wicked? Is it evil? Should we repent of it? And your response was, it wasn't your place to judge. And can I just add a little note here? What you should have said is, actually, God has already judged this. It's not your opinion. It's not your place to judge, but it is God's place to judge. And what has he said about it? Right? So there's a, a little bit of a problem I have here with as beautiful as your voice is and as beautiful as you are, this aversion to dealing with sin directly or even mentioning sin. There's just this disembodied notion of insecurity, embarrassment, shame, and this crops up a number of times throughout the top 20 hits that I listened to from Caleb, but this disembodied notion of shame, guilt, embarrassment, and just being generally insecure that is never connected with 
the fact that we are sinners, in fact. Like, that's not an illusion. And yet it's painted as if it is an illusion, as if that's not real. No, you really are a sinner, actually. You are born in sin. You are condemned apart from Christ. But that's the good news, right? That's how we make sense of the good news, is that you're not condemned in Christ. You stand condemned apart from Christ. But if you're in Christ, then you do not stand condemned. By God's grace, you can repent of your sins You can overcome the world because actually, lo and behold, Christ is already overcome. And so you are in him. And if you're in him, well, then you have already conquered. You're more than a conqueror, in fact, as the scriptures say. But I have a a little bit of a, a problem with this sentimentality with sentence fragments that is skating by into the first place, as I see it, on your flashing of a belly button, which again is cute as a button because it is a belly button, cute as a button. And yet I think we need to be a little more discerning Christian fam than I dream of genie uh, <laughs> with some Jesus sprinkled in one use of God is you mentioned God once in your song and it's the number one. And if you had not mentioned him the one time, I this could have been written to your boyfriend. This could have been written to your fiance. This could have been written to the guy you're just crushing on really hard. This could have been written to your husband. Like I don't I don't know, except you mentioned God one time, and I guess that sanctifies the whole, and that's enough, but still I don't know. I don't know. I not I'm not sold that this is highly nutritious. I feel like this is Captain Crunch a little bit or Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms also delicious breakfast cereal, not highly nutritious, but it is magically delicious. You got to give the leprechaun that magically delicious, not necessarily something to go out and uh, chop a whole bunch of firewood on. Just saying. Moving on. Number two. The number two track, the number two track, Holy Water by some group called We the Kingdom, which I have never heard of, but again, I'm out of the loop. So this is kind of like (laughs) a time capsule, if you will. I grew up with Newsboys and DC Talk, kind of, sort of, and um, I'm not up to date except for a little bit this afternoon on what the kids are listening to these days. So don't know the backstory on We the Kingdom. I had heard Lauren Daigle. Okay, everybody's heard Lauren Daigle. Her face is anywhere and everywhere that Christian music is being talked about, but We the Kingdom is new to me. And I quote their song. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul. I need you. Oh, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the sound of a symphony to my ears, like holy water on my skin. Dead man walking, slave to sin. I want to know about being born again. I need you. Oh God, I need you. So take me to the riverside. Take me under. Baptize. I need you. Oh God, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the sound of a symphony to my ears, like holy water on my skin. 
on my skin. So that's a call and refrain or response. We really needed to emphasize on my skin. Like, where do you need this holy water? On my skin. Yeah. No, on my, on my skin. Please, on, on, on my skin. I don't want... <clears throat> sorry, not I don't want to. I'm being too formal. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. Okay, you get the idea. All right. Okay. Getting a little repetitive here, guys. So I, I watched this whole music video, and they are very stylish. Let me just tell you. I don't know anything about We the Kingdom, but I know that the guys who don't have long hair have really cool hats. They have really great hats. Great, great hats. Like the lead singer guy with the good beard, um, great hat. It, like I could totally mistake him for Indiana Jones. Really cool hat. Um, also too, by the way, the music video, it's funny to me, not to, not to be nitpicky. I don't know. Sorry. Like just a, a small, small, small little something. Um, most of the cuts to the audience who's come out to hear this live performance in the music video that Caleb embedded in this list, most of the audience cuts are young uh, late teen girls, 20 something girls who are just all about this holy water on their skin. And, um, they also all, for the most part are, um, like reasonably attractive, all done up, all done did, uh, for the concert. And, um, yeah, like it's just, just a fun fact. Uh, the write-up from Caleb in this live performance of, quote, Holy Water, unquote, by We the Kingdom, the audience powerfully sings along with the rock-filled energy and acoustic simplicity of this powerful gospel song. It is no wonder the song charted out at number six on the billboard, bubbling under top 100, and has paved the path to instant stardom for this tight-knit and powerful family-infused band. What? What? The audience powerfully sings along with this rock-filled energy and acoustic simplicity. Like what are you even what are you even saying? Like what are you do you like do you need, like what does that mean? What does that even mean? Yeah, this reminds me of the Blue Oyster Cult video from SNL from years and years ago with Will Ferrell where they, <laughs> they get all in a tizzy about Bruce Dickinson needing more cowbell. Bruce Dickinson uh, needs more cowbell. He's got a fever, in fact, and he needs more cowbell. It's the only prescription for it. Um, also, too, by the way, Will Ferrell, not nearly so adorable of a belly button as Lauren Daigle. Just a, just a note. Quick note. Uh, important to know, does not work as well for him. <laughs> no, I, neither would it for me, by the way. Uh, that's part of the reason why I guess I don't wear belly shirts when I sing Christian music. Um, I, yeah, I kind of just, I, I just not again, not to be critical, but one, two, three, 
four repetitions of, I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Like the wannas, like, are we so pressed for time that we can't even say want to? I do not want to abuse your grace. And also, by the way, like I need it every day. Like, why not? Why not say, I don't want to abuse your grace. And so I won't. Right? Like, I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Like, I want to change. I I kind of sometimes, like, only ever when I think about your grace do I want to change. Like, like what is this? What does this mean? I'm, I'm getting a whole lot of honey on my lips and holy water on my skin. It's like holy water. It's like holy water on my skin. It's like holy water on my skin. There's... There's kind of essential quality to this. There's a sensual quality that is not, it, it's not being wedded to nearly so much substance as maybe it needs to be. But on the other hand, you guys did have really cool hats. So <clears throat> good on you. Uh, next up, because we got to move along. We're running out of time. <laughs> if I had more time. Oh, the fun we could have. Uh, number three, the blessing, and I quote, the blessing, end quote. Live, all caps, in parentheses. Live, yes. Live, by Carrie Job, Cody Carnes, and Elevation Worship. It's 12 minutes of pure emotion. The live recording of The Blessing begins with a slow intro as Cody Carnes leads the audience in prayer, keeping the audience engaged. The song steadily climbs, both in vocals from Carrie Joe and instrumentals from Elevation Worship, bursting into a rich and powerful performance that will certainly have you either in tears or will leave your heart fluttering with a sense of salvation. A sense of salvation. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Oh, yes. It will either certainly have me in tears or it will have my heart fluttering with a sense of salvation. Oh, my giddy aunt. Um, 12 minutes of pure emotion, indeed. That is, that is accurate. I, you know, like I can attest to that because I watched 12 minutes and five seconds of this 12 minute, 10 second track music video, embedded music video. And I can, um, I can vouch for their claim. It is 12 minutes of pure emotion, exclamation mark. And um, also Stephen Furtick is a dork. Like, wow, sorry, but what, why, why, why? Um, the blessing is, well, I'll just read for you some of the lyrics. How about that? I, I, let's, let's just read it. Let's just read it. The Lord bless you, and I quote, and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. 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 We sing, we sing. Amen. 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 May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping, and your rejoicing. He is for you. 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 I know, I know. Amen, 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 amen. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he's for you. <sighs> okay, deep breath. He is for you. 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 Do I have Tourette's? No. I am reading the lyrics. I feel, <laughs> I feel like somebody with Tourette's wrote this. Amen, 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 amen. Like, is one amen not good enough that we need to say it six times in a row? Is he is for you not convincing enough that we have to say it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in a row? Can I just say, if you need to hear he is for you eight times in a row in a song, like literally in a row, word for word, the exact same phrase over and over and over again, you're dealing with a mantra. You are. This is not a song anymore. This is a mantra. And you are trying to persuade yourself. You're trying to talk yourself into it. And can I just say, if this song or songs like it are your primary avenue of trying to talk yourself into the fact or the premise or the claim that God is for you, you might not be reading your Bible enough. You might need to get out more. Or you might have Tourette's. I like it's. It could be either. Honestly, like let's just be honest. It could be either. But if you need, to, if, you, <laughs> if you need to hear this that many times in a row, and Stephen Furtick just pacing around like an agitated male lion trying to keep watch over his pride of Sheila's, lest a competitor come in. I mean. Man, Martin Lloyd-Jones was right. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his intro to the Sermon on the Mount series, which I'm reading, and I say that loosely because I'm terrible at reading audio book substitutes, which is how I think of physical books. Physical books are what I read when I can't get the audio book. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm a busy guy, and I've got a lot to do, and I'm the father of eight children, and I work, and... So I listen to audiobooks when I work, and that's how I've gotten to 42 so far this year. Douglas Adams would be proud. But I just, I just <laughs> there's so much emotion that I kind of want to just fight fire with fire and have a whole lot of emotion right back. But the kind of emotion you're going to get is not the kind of emotion you're putting down. You've sown the wind. And be careful, because if you're sowing sentimentality, the whirlwind you might reap might not be a whirlwind you want to reap. Like, let's just be clear about that on the front end. 
Like this is so devoid of substance. And someone could say, oh, well, no, these are totally these are totally biblical concepts. This is just taken straight from the scriptures. Yeah, taken out of context from the scriptures. Sung indiscriminately to a whole lot of people, regardless of their relationship with God, with no context, either personal context or biblical context. And yeah, it sounds really great because you're just passing it out. You're passing out the biggest, greatest blessings in scripture, like you are a float uh, hoping to win the popularity prize at the holiday parade, right? Like you're just, you're just handing it out, you know, like you're Oprah and you get a new car and you get a new car and you get a new car and you get a new car. But instead of new cars, you're handing out this blessing, the blessing. Sounds great, but maybe just maybe there needs to be more. And it's not quite as muchy. It's lost much. It's, it's lost much of its muchiness uh, compared with what our forebears have typically sung about God's blessings and salvation and grace through faith, through the atoning work of Christ our Savior. The Lord is here, I see, mentioned, but I see no talk of God other than that. Like you quote scripture out of context, and again, be careful about that because you pick the wrong scripture. You might not get a blessing. You might get a curse. Just saying. But... Again, pressed for time. Let's move on to number four from a year ago, according to Caleb, for the year 2020. And this is really actually fascinating. If this is topping the Billboard music charts for Christian music in 2020, these are the 20 popularly played Christian music songs to make you, and I quote, cry, dance, and deliver hope. These will make you cry and dance and deliver hope to all walks of life. These will make you, you will, you will deliver hope to all walks of life. Do it. Uh, Like Kevin from The Office. Um, Number four, follow God by Kanye West. And this, like, apart from Lauren Daigle's belly button, which again, was just heartwarming. Follow God by Kanye West. Kanye West is extra in his ninth studio album release of Follow God. The fast rap begins with prayer, touches on daddy issues, and ends in a fun scream. If you're into Christian rap, this is the song for you. Thanks. Thanks for that. Lyrics, and I quote, let's go. Father, I stretch, stretch my hands to you. Lifelike, this is what your life like. Try to live your life right. People really know you. Push your buttons like type right. This is like a movie, but it's really very lifelike. Every single night, right. Every single fight, right? I was looking at the gram and I don't even like likes. I was screaming at my dad. He told me, I ain't Christ-like. I was screaming at the referee just like Mike, looking for a bright light. Seagull, what's your life like? Riding on a white bike, feeling like excite bike, stretch my hands to you, pressing on the gas, supernova for a night light, screaming at my dad and he told me it ain't Christ-like. But nobody never tell you when you're being like Christ, only ever seeing me, only when they needin' me. Like if Tyler Perry made a movie for BET, searching for a deity, now you want to see it free. Now you want to see if we... Let's just see if three apiece 
Tell me what your life like. Turn it down. A bright light. Driving with my dad. And he told me it ain't Christ-like. Stretch my hands to you. I'm just trying to find. I've been looking for a new way. I'm just really trying to not to really do the fool way. I don't have a cool way. Being on my best, though. Block them on the text, though. Nothing else next, though. Not another word, letter, picture, or a decimal. Father, I stretch. Wrestling with God, I don't really want to wrestle. Man, it's really lifelike. Everything in my life, stretch my hands to you. Arguing with my dad, and he said, it ain't Christ-like. Man, you know, it's like somebody only close who can get you, like, off your I be on my. I woke up this morning. I said my prayers. I'm all good. Then I tried to talk to my dad, stretch my hands to you, give him some advice. He starts spazzing on me. I start spazzing back. He said, that ain't Christ-like. I said, ah. <sighs> uh, okay. 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 Full disclosure. You can go back four years almost now at this point. You can check out my podcast episode on gospel hip-hop. I like Christian rap. I like Christian hip-hop. Cross Movement Records was where it was at when I was in my senior year of high school, college years. I used to just adore Cross Movement Records. I I loved Cross Movement Records. Holy Culture is a phenomenal album. And I am not somebody who grew up with hip-hop, rap, any of that. I am a white boy from Montana rural Montana, eastern Montana. I am not somebody who grew up with urban culture at all. About as far removed from urban culture as you can get. Although I do appreciate Cody, Wyoming is where the music video for Follow God by Kanye West was shot. And it looks like it could be where I grew up in eastern Montana. I kid you not. Like I loved the imagery. It is, as the kids say, dope. Super cool. I love it. I love the sound of the music. I love the sound of the music. I do. Like, again, apart from Lauren Daigle's belly button, this was my favorite, musically speaking, of the five out of the top 20 that I listened to all of. But that said, Kanye, what are you talking about? I mean, I I get it in some sense, right? Like you're struggling with this and my heart goes out to you, right? Kanye West, like I heard that you had made a Christian album. I didn't listen to it in part because everybody was telling me I should. And I just, I try not to listen to popular things when they're popular because I don't want to get sucked into going with the crowd. I don't want to jump on bandwagons because it's hard to jump off bandwagons once they get going. And so I didn't want to listen to your album, and I still haven't, but I just listened to your your track here. And musically speaking, and like from a visual standpoint, from the music video standpoint, like it's it's cool, right? Like it's really, really cool. But then I look at your lyrics and I'm thinking, like, man, I am heartbroken for you. Because I look at what's happened with your is she an ex-wife now, Kim Kardashian? That was a bad life choice. You shouldn't have married her to begin with. You're not Hosea. And yet, you knew what you were getting into. We'll put it that way. But she's off with that 
weenie from Saturday Night Live who is not funny anyways. And also is just like a super creep. He's super creepy. And meanwhile, you're last I saw anyway, last I saw news on you, like you're having nervous breakdowns left and right. Like you should just get out. Bad company corrupts good morals. If you're trying to follow Christ, get away from the people who keep pulling you back into a life of sin and folly. Like that's what you should do. You're trying to live your life for Christ, trying to find God, trying to wrestle with God. Stop trying to wrestle with God and just repent and get away from these wicked people who want to capitalize on your big name now for Christian music, not now to sell Christian records. I, I just, sorry. Like I'm not criticizing you. Like I'm not, I, my heart goes out to you because I think you're really, really genuinely struggling. And by virtue of you having endorsed Trump, which I think was a good call. I think that was, that was a good move. You gained credibility points in my mind because I think that took a lot of courage. It took a, a lot of guts to do, but I, I think you also took your lumps and it pains me that you did in many ways. And then you turn to the Christian music scene. And I think they're also, you, well, I, I just think you, you might not be able to follow Christ doing what you've been doing. And so I think that's the definition of repentance. You got to like make, you got to make a clean break. You're still trying to live in both worlds and it's not going to work. But I, I hope, I hope you can, I hope you can break away from one of those worlds, the, the world that's a slave to sin and death. I really hope you do. Musically speaking, like from a sound quality standpoint, from a music video standpoint, like I, I could not love more what you did with that track because it's like, man, it is the weird, odd, mashup of how I have felt being a kid who grew up in rural Eastern Montana, the son of grandson of great grandson of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, farmers, Mennonite farmers for that matter. You could have filmed that on my dad's farm that I grew up fishing on. And then I moved to Southern Ohio and I'm listening to the gospel as presented by cross movement records, man, I'll pray for you. I mean that. I don't mean that critically. I mean that genuinely. But I also don't think that necessarily it's doing you all the favors you think it is to be keeping one foot in both worlds. I just, I just don't think, I just don't think that's a recipe for peace and the godly life that you're saying you want. I hope you want it. I'll pray for you. Moving on, number five. This will be the last one. There Was Jesus by Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. The write-up for this one from klove.com. Rescue Story was the album's second single released quickly rising to the top of the charts and certifying the album as gold with over 500,000 sales. This powerful, life-changing song by Zach Williams, accompanied by legendary singer-songwriter Dolly Parton, won a 2021 Grammy for Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance Slash Song. Quote, When the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus, end quote. These song lyrics can touch every single being on a personal level at some point in life. If it doesn't resonate with you now, keep this on the back burner in your playlist 
as you will most certainly need this heart-turning melody in your future. This is why I don't listen to Caleb anymore. Caleb, if you're listening, you're kind of sleazy. I'm sorry. I've just, just got to say, kind of sleazy. This is not humble, by the way. Like, this is just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't see any part of this as being in keeping with do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. In fact, this seems like the opposite. But let's read the lyrics. Every time I tried to make it on my own, every time I tried to stand and start to fall at all those lonely roads that I have traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces, every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I don't know it, or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. For this man who needs amazing kind of grace, mmm. For forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay, mmm. I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day, there was Jesus, there was Jesus. In the waiting and the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces, every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. On the mountain, in the valleys, there was Jesus. In the shadows of the alleys, there was Jesus. In the fire, in the flood, there was Jesus. Always is and always was. No, I never walk alone, never walk alone. You are always there, in the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every minute, every moment, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going. Even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. There was Jesus, there was Jesus, there was Jesus. And I quote. So... (sighs) For some people, a certain demographic, I don't hang out with this demographic and I don't know them particularly well, but I'll bet for some people, the inclusion of Dolly Parton was a big win. Like, for instance, record execs and whoever in the heck at the K-Love staff wrote this little ditty, this little write-up for... Number five on the Billboard chart. Top 20. The inclusion of legendary singer-songwriter Dolly Parton, who won a 2021 Grammy for Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance slash Song. That was, um, was a good move. I don't get it. Why? Right? Like, why? Why? include Dolly Parton in this. Like I don't I don't have anything against her. Maybe I just don't understand it very well, but it feels to me like the equivalent of putting Kanye West's song at the number 4 spot. And I concede also too. Like if this is just what was popular, I am not critiquing first and foremost the record execs and the K-Love staff maybe. I am critiquing the people who made this popular in terms of listening to it again and again and again. But I just don't know. I think it's kind of a both and. You wouldn't have the people, generally speaking, making this popular if you didn't have the K-Love staff and the record company execs pushing for this to be popular. Let's be honest. Um, 
there's a formula, right? Like they're in the business to make money. And sometimes when I see what comes out of so-called Christian mainstream popular outlets, including popular Christian music, it gives me a renewed appreciation for Jesus making a whip and clearing the temple. Because you might just be the modern equivalent of the money changers in the temple. Guys, you might. You might. You're capitalizing on people's feelings of insecurity um, pretty, pretty blatantly exploiting those. And you water down what it is that you're saying and singing to the lowest common denominator. And if you can just throw God in there once to make us confident that this is a song not written to your boyfriend, your fiance, your husband, the guy you're crushing on really hard, then we can throw it on the Christian music charts and sell it till kingdom come. Cause we, the kingdom, you know, like I just, I, you know, like I just briefly, like in closing, I find myself thinking musically, I can respect the work that goes into putting this out. I, I help on a semi regular basis with music and have been helping with church music off and on for many years. And I know that it takes practice. You've got to be intentional and not everybody can sing and not everybody can play music and not everybody can carry the tempo. And if you can be beautiful, like if you have a beautiful face and a beautiful belly button and a really cool hat and a really cool jacket and really cool shoes. And also like people want to help you to sing and say what it is that you kind of sort of wanted to sing and say, but then they're going to take it and they're going to take it in a different direction because, Hey guys, like we know what we're talking about. Like this is what actually sells today. Like this is what marketing actually is. I can see, and I can appreciate how that would be really, really hard to pass up because otherwise you might just be the barista at the local Starbucks. Or you might be the guy that tells me which aisle the duct tape is on at Home Depot. Or you might be doing systems integration for Chevron. But here's the, here's the thing. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? I think that's the big question I've got with regards to how watered down theologically and doctrinally a lot of this music is. Historically, the great heresies and the great errors in Christian theology and Christian life and practice have not been absolute untruth, the complete opposite of truth. They've been a preference for a half-truth over the whole truth and nothing but the truth to help us God. And that's the concern that I have here with what is considered popular Christian music. I was totally out of the loop. I'll, I'll be honest. Some of these characters, I don't know anything about. Some of them I do know about. Something, somewhat. Carrie Job, I'd heard the name. Kanye West, I had definitely heard the name. Zach Williams, I don't know who you are. Dolly Parton, I noticed that you cover up a lot more now that you're older than you did when you were younger. And uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, Lauren Daigle, I definitely heard your name. Hadn't seen your belly button, but now I have. Thanks, K-Love. 
but the long and short of it is the long and short of it is every one of the decisions that went into making these music videos was thought out and intentional and it was deliberate and it was for a purpose and it was strategic. It was like, it wasn't all just accidental. Let's just throw it together. Let's just see what happens. No, these things are not bought into and invested in and gotten behind by big, successful, wealthy people who got that way for a reason on purpose and stayed that way on purpose and for a reason. Like that doesn't just happen accidentally. They have these conversations where they say, you know what? You look cool, but you would look way cooler with a better haircut. And also, by the way, you should grow a beard. And also, by the way, you should put on this jacket. And also, by the way, how about you wear this yellow shirt that shows off your midriff a little bit instead of that one that you were thinking about wearing? All right. Like, so that, that kind of stuff goes into who gets signed and who doesn't, who gets a record deal and who doesn't, who gets their music put out there front and center and who doesn't, and whose music, therefore, consequently becomes popular and who doesn't. You're just doing it independently. You do not become one of these big names. These these big names, I have it on good authority, very often are made in large part because they went to some event like happens every year in Estes Park, Colorado. You flaunt yourself adoringly. You fawn over these Christian music executives, throw yourself at them, in just desperate hope that they will give you this big check and make you rich and famous. And then you find out that you are rich and famous and you need it and you need to keep it up. And tragically, I think the grass, I think, I, I think the grass is greener on this side for a lot of mainstream Christians. So they see Lauren Daigle and they see We the Kingdom, and they see Kerry Job and Cody Carnes and Elevation Worship and Kanye West and Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. And they think that that is Christianity. And then they hear those lyrics and they listen to those songs over and over and over again because they give them comfort. And they think that that's what is Christianity because that's successful, that's popular. And the more popular it is, the more popular it needs to be because nobody wants to be left out. Nobody wants to be the dingleberry who's making jokes about Lauren Daigle's belly button. Oh, you can't say that. Like, oh, she's a sweetheart. Oh, you can't. No, don't pick on her. No, no, no. I love her music. Oh, the feels. But just read these Caleb paragraphs. By far the most well-known Christian ballad that's come out of the industry in the last 15 years and staying at number one of the Billboard's hot Christian songs for over two years. Hot Hot Christian songs. Like what? Hot Christian songs? Like why hot Christian songs? Like, you know, like the funny thing is, this is how far we've fallen. <laughs> I guarantee you this. When Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis to the door, he did not call it his Luther's hot 95 thesis, right? Like he didn't do that. Why do you call it the hot? Like, what does that even mean? Hot. It's hot. Oh, it's hot. Like, what? what is hot? And I grew up, my dad asking me these kinds of introspective questions all the time. Like, I would hear the word socks. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, this sucks. And my dad would just get really, really upset. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we do not use that word. Why? 
Like, I didn't even think about it, right? Like, sucks is sucks. Like, people just say it. Like, what? What does it mean? I don't know. Do you know what it means? Yeah. Well, if you don't, don't use it. Don't use words that you don't know the meaning of. Look them up first. Then decide whether you're going to use them. Don't just say things because that's the popular trendy thing. That's why you shouldn't jump on bandwagons. Holy water. Like holy water. It's like holy water. Charted out at number six on the billboard bubbling under top 100. Bubbling under top 100. What? What does that even mean? Like bubbling under top 100. Like we really want it to be top 100, but it's not quite there, but it's just bubbling under. It's just bubbling. It's things like that that just make me concerned about the influence of sentimentality and sensationalism and yes, a, a certain kind of emotional satisfaction, gratification, instant therapeutic age marketing technique, which for one is being employed and by being employed, given our context, is working based on where we're at. It, it's, it wouldn't work if this were not where we're at as a Christian community in the U.S. But for two, the fact that it's being employed is making us more this way. Because to some extent, this Christian music is influencing the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we perceive God and the way that we perceive what suffices to say about God you know, if we say that it, if we say that it is sufficient to mention God once in a song, and for the rest of it, talk a lot about therapy, essentially, and wanting to feel like we're enough, but we don't ever fill in the gaps on enough for what, and that's enough to skyrocket us to the top spot for the year. You know, belly button flashing aside i like again just to reiterate i i made a lot of jokes i riffed a lot on the midriff business but in all sincerity i don't have a issue with that first and foremost what i have an issue with is the idea of charm being deceptive because we read about that in proverbs charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting thus we don't see dolly parton flashing or midriff, just saying. Uh, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And, you know, that bit there, you know, if a woman has, if a woman happens to be beautiful, you know, she is lovely to look at, uh, similar to what is said of Esther in the book of Esther regarding why, in part, King Ahasuerus takes her and chooses her, prefers her out of all of his other options. You know, if she happens to be beautiful, lovely to look at, that, you know, that's no reason to mock her or ridicule her or anything like that. But if her being beautiful is in some measure why she is pushed to the fore and then the lyrical quality is not such that this would be a theologically rich uh piece of music, I guess that's a question in my mind, you know, that's a question in my mind of why is this, this, you know, top five out of 20 that I read for you, 
uh, lyrics from? Why is this reflective of where we're at? Right? Like, why, why is this where we're at? Why is this what's popular? You know, I, I listened to portions of The Father's House by Corey Asbury, and I see a whole lot of us putting aside our feelings of shame and guilt. And again, with Lauren Daigle's hit, You Say, uh, you know, I see a lot of us trying to build up our self-esteem and change the kind of self-talk mantra that we engage in. I read uh, some of the lyrics here after watching a good bit of Together by For King and Country, Kirk Franklin and Tori Kelly. And I really don't see gospel. I don't see, you know, I see you being compassionate, but we fall together. That's your, that's your signature phrase. That's what you're going to hang your hat on at the end of the day. We, we fall together. You know, there's a solidarity that maybe is heartwarming, but it's not necessarily a Christian message. It's just not, you know, is it okay for you to sing it? Maybe. Is it necessarily something we should push to the fore and say, this is an expression of what we view to be Christian life and thought or a good embodiment of Christian life and thought? I I don't know. I don't know about that. Nobody by Casting Crowns. Here again, like look at the titles and just read through some of these lyrics on your own. Don't just listen to the music because the music creates so much emotion that that can be overwhelming sometimes. Emotion's not a bad thing, but when emotion is all wrapped up in just a whole lot of self-talk and therapy uh, with God sprinkled in to make us feel like it's sanctified, you know, maybe, just maybe, it's something we should tread lightly on. Maybe it's something that we should not go out on a limb about and put all of our weight on. Almost Home by Mercy Me. Okay, that's fine. I've seen some good music from Mercy Me. But again, like we start in right away with this trying to counter any talk of you not being enough. When on the other hand, another very valid Christian perspective would be, you are not enough, but the good news is that God is enough. Actually, like that's a more correct view than saying, oh, you don't feel like you're enough? No, God says you are enough. You're enough for him. Well, wait a second. Like, not so fast. No, actually, if you're feeling like you're not enough, that could be the conviction that you have of your sins. And rather than us pushing against that, rather than us saying, no, that's of the devil, God would never want you to feel bad about yourself. What we should be saying is, I have good news for you. You are in need of a savior, but here is your savior. You know, and, and the folks who are standing up, I'm sure, to defend this kind of music and say, oh, this is totally correct, and I'm just being a fuddy-duddy, they'll say, oh, no, that's exactly what they're saying. Right? They're saying that we have this great Savior, and that's what we should hang our hat on. But again, like just speaking candidly, I see a lot of self-talk and therapy that I don't recognize as being consistent with the historic expression of Christian faith down through the centuries, down through the past two millennium. You know, I, I don't see this as being in keeping with the tone and tenor of much of what I read in the New Testament or the Old Testament. Even when you look at the Psalms, like read some of these Psalms. I'll read you one briefly and then I got to run from what we read, what I read before the church service on 
Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning. Psalm 51 in the English Standard Version. By contrast, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from that guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Amen. Amen. And once is sufficient. And do you know when David wrote this for the director of music? When the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. All right, so you have here David not being perfect, not being sinless, and yet turning to God in his sin and his wickedness, and asking God for forgiveness. Because he's grieved by his own sin. He's grieved, and he wants to be made clean again. But he's not denying that he is unclean, and he's not denying his sinfulness. He's not rejecting out of hand all guilt and shame as being just a whole illusion and of the devil. Because it may just be that that conviction is from the Holy Spirit. It may just be that the reason he's feeling shame and guilt is because he has sinned against God. And he's going to God for forgiveness. And he says in verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Look at how theologically rich this psalm, just this one psalm is. That should be more our standard, but I don't see us repeating eight times any particular line, like a mantra. 
I see a recurring theme said in various ways, repeated for emphasis, but said each time with a renewed fervor from a different perspective, from a different aspect, covering a different way in which it is true. First and foremost, what we need is God's grace because we are sinful, because we do have iniquity, because we are born in sin and our sin is always before us. David says, you are right in your verdict. Talk about you say. Talk about you say. David says, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. God, when you say that I have sinned against you, you're right. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me. Please renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart, O God. That's where blessing is found. That's where restoration is found. That's where forgiveness is found. That's where life can be had. And it can't be had on the basis of superficial sentimentalism and therapeutic band-aids. They just can't. So I'll tell you what. I wouldn't typically do this, but just for anyhow, because we're talking about music, I think it would be I think it would be fun. It's not necessarily the most gorgeous thing you've ever heard in your life, but it is genuine, it is sincere. And uh I'm gonna play for you a little bit of what we sang in church on Sunday, what I was happy to sing in church on Sunday. And I gotta run because I'm out of time. I gotta work tomorrow. But I'll leave you with just a little bit of music from this past Sunday. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day 
wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. And there may I, though vile as He, wash all my sins away. Dying Lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransom church of God be saved to sin no more. Be saved to sin no listening to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.